So, are you DTFF? Once again, here is Drinking and Talking Fantasy Football with your hosts, Dustin Lunt and Jake Trowbridge. Hey, good evening, everyone. Welcome back to DTFF. Happy Tuesday evening if you're joining us live here. Um, we have a great show for you this evening. Back after a short hiatus, covering the NFC now with our Divisional Breakdown Series, starting with the NFC East. But before we get into it and introduce our illustrious panel of guests we have here, uh, I'll introduce my co-host, Jake. How are you doing this evening? I'm doing good. Let's get the unillustrious guy out of the way before we move on to the real showstoppers. I get it. I get it. Well, that, that's ex- I was trying to be nice about it, but you know, if you're going to point out the obvious, then fine. No, I, I always know the undercurrent involved in all these statements. I'm always keenly aware of that. No, man, I'm good. Felt, I'm so ready. We had tingle. a week. <laughs> Bones already getting too excited. I think his hair is sta- standing up on the back of his neck in anticipation. Uh, no, I'm I'm excited. You said it's been a week off, a well-deserved vacation and rest mm-hmm. for you. But now you're back, so we get to go into these NFC divisions. I'm psyched. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, let's not waste any time this evening. Um, I will go around, introduce our our guests, um, and to each of our guests, as I'm introducing you, what I'd like you to say is, how did you become a fan of your team? And then, if you happen to be drinking with us this evening, what are you drinking? So, we will start with the commanders in Rumboys Robbie, founder of Rumboys, host of It's a Vibe on 32-bit. I can read. Robbie, welcome to the show. <laughs> all, all good. All good, Dustin. Look, it's been a long day. Words are hard. Um, Jake, that 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 anticipation that you were talking about with Bo, I don't know what it's for. It's just because Dallas is just going to, you know, go mediocre as hell. So I don't know what he's taking up an anticipation. Hey-o! Um, <laughs> cheers to me. Cheers to you. Shouts to the whole DTF crew. Uh, I'm just, I'm, I'm just on, on, on some cold daddy ice. I like ran to the gas station really quick. I was like, I have like five minutes to get on set. Um, and I just clocked out of work. So ran there. Grab something cheap, and we're here. We're here to party. We're here to have a good time. Um, we I became a fan of the Commanders. Uh, my grandfather, my grandfather uh, was a season ticket holder and knew a lot of the players because he had worked, you know, in DC, worked at the Pentagon, um, and through like you know his job, you know, some of the, some of those parts of being a government employee, you know, getting to go to see your local team. So because he had gotten you know to know a lot of the players on a personal level, it just became you know it became it became his team. Um, and then from there, um, after he passed, I, I had to make sure, you know, I, I kind of kept it going. So, you know, it's always, it's, it's, it's been commanders before that. I was a fan of players, you know, as a kid collecting cards and stuff and jerseys. So, yeah. Nice. That is probably one of the better, uh, uh, stories we've heard so far with our, our guests. So thank you for that. I wasn't right. trying to press nobody. Not <laughs> to live up to Bo and Rocky. That's he was right. one of Dan Snyder's kids. He was one of Dan Snyder's kids. That's the, the real story. He's Dan Snyder's favorite little guy. Uh, <laughs> all right. And representing the Cowboys this evening, we have Bo McBriar, uh, writer at Fantasy Pros and creator of Hotbox Small Batch Hot Sauce. Welcome. I'm ecstatic to be here. I'm not drinking anything right now, but it's 106 where I'm sitting, and so I might need an IV later. Um, 
there might be have to be some like espresso added to the IV because I'm I'm starting to tail off at the end here. I still have another show after this tonight. I don't know what I'm gonna do. Uh, but I grew up. I was so obsessed with football at such a young age. I was probably three or four when I was watching football and baseball and basketball and on TV with my grandpa and my dad. Uh, and then. I, I was born in 87 when I was really paying attention to football the most was in the early 90s with the triplets, Dallas Cowboys. They were on TV every Sunday. Like if it was, wasn't the 49ers and Raiders on Sunday, then it was the Cowboys. And of course, the best team for the whole decade was the Cowboys. What was I going to do? Root for the same team, my stepdad, who I didn't even like at the time. I mean, he was a 49ers diehard. He, he was friends with half the team. He was a ball boy for the 49ers. And I hated him, so I hated the 49ers. So what, what better thing than to hate the team that my stepdad loved and to go with, go with the team that was winning three Super Bowls in four years? I think that's beautiful. It's poetic. So what and, I'm hearing, um, you're a typical front running Cowboys fan. What yeah, I love, what I love, we went from me trying to keep my family's team, like you know, going, and then Bo's like, I hate my stepdad so bad. Like, my dad's a Dallas Cowboys fan, so I guess it's the same thing. I, I had my I had my Cowboys sheets on my bunk bed. I had my I had my starter jacket swishing in the wind. I mean, we're talking. I was like a five-year-old, like blue and silver Emmett Smith jersey, Aikman jersey. I, I, I fell in love with Deion Sanders when he came to us from the 49ers. I was like, that's what I'm talking about. Is the best guy came from from that team to our team. Um, but yeah, it for me, it's just it's painful because it wasn't long after that that my team decided to stop winning anything ever. Yeah, I remember. My, I don't know what that's like. I was nine <laughs> years old. I was nine years old when I went to my friend's Super Bowl party. It's Super Bowl 30 in Tempe, Arizona against the Steelers. And that was the last time I was truly happy. <laughs> wow. All right. On that note, uh, let's get to our third guest here, repping the Eagles. That friend dead already, guys. That friend passed away 10 years ago. <laughs> and it was like, here's the you, man. <laughs> All right. Repping the Eagles this week, we've got Rocky Petrella, co-host of Trade Addicts Podcast and Dynasty Junkies. Welcome to the show. Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. Uh, big fan of the show. Uh, two of my favorite things are drinking and talking fantasy football. So I thought this was my, my destiny to eventually pop up on this show. Uh, <laughs> um, so thanks for having me here. Uh, as for why I'm an Eagles fan, I don't have any interesting dad or stepdad stories. Uh, I was basically born into it. Uh, I've been uh, born and raised in Philly my entire life. Uh, my dad was a big Eagles fan that didn't turn me off or on to, to it. But, uh, I just, yeah, I was born into it, lived through it, started with the Buddy Ryan era, basically. I was born in the late 70s. Uh, I'm the old head here. And, uh, yeah, Buddy Ryan era and then into Ray Rhodes, Andy Reid, and just been, uh, enjoying a lot of winning throughout that time, actually. So, uh, it's been pretty good. As what I'm drinking, uh, look up for the show. I got pop another one. Got the old standby, Yingling Lager, one of my favorites. I'm jealous. Um, <laughs> so so that's what i'm drinking tonight and uh i just two things i wanted to say before i finish up my little intro here one i really hope jake doesn't try and uh make us uh, turn on to the nfc yeast like he tried to do with the afc well, uh, we had a we had a firm conversation about that <laughs> i've been and, tasked with not mentioning that word once during this episode and i i think it's important to remember although i'm sad but Bo, had, uh, Bo apparently dipped out for a second but uh i mean we, we need to remember through Throughout this podcast, last five years, the Eagles have more playoff appearances, uh, playoff wins, and titles than the other three members of this division combined. Man. The, the wow. only thing that you have to practice, <laughs> take your one Lombardi and go sit in the corner. 
gosh, freaking Eagles fans. Ooh, it's getting started At least already. Y'all get, get one trophy. Y'all get one damn ring. And all of a sudden, <laughs> oh, my God, we're the case of the NFC. Well, the you know what? Bus. Stop it. I, I, I can't say too much about that because us as Packer fans, we like to live off of that, too, with how terrible our division has been. So uh, we're, we're right there with you, Rocky. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, but We've y'all's got division, coming. y'all's division, no one else wants to be competitive with you guys. Like, there's just that. Well, but also, stop. But also, if it wasn't for one, one thing, a little football history, if it's not for the Packers, okay, we don't basically have, like, the whole Super Bowl structure and the NFL and everything that we have. It is called the Lombardi Trophy, after all. So, you know, just kind of throwing that out there. So, Robbie getting in good uh, with the host <laughs> right out of the gate. You'll love to see it. <laughs> yep. All right. And then, as folks, if you're joining us and watching, you can see we have no one repping the Giants this week because screw them, right? Exactly. They don't nobody, nobody, nobody wanted to talk about that trash team. So that's right. Mm-hmm, we have somebody we can all rally around and just blast completely without any hesitation. So that's going to mm-hmm. be the Giants. All right, but Dustin, what are we drinking tonight? Because you picked out tonight's beer. Yeah, so we are drinking uh, Noon Whistle. It's a fuzzy smack Berliner Weiss with peach in it. Nice, easy summer drinking beer on this extremely hot and humid day in Wisconsin. Yeah, fuzzy smack TM, by the way. They trademarked that. I don't know what that is, fuzzy smack, but nobody else can have it. I just want to point that out. That is exclusive to Noon Whistle. Whatever in the hell that is, I don't know, but I'm excited about it. I like it. I think that's a delicious beer. I love it. To trademark that taste. Long. Yeah, because that is uh, that is fantastic. Mm-hmm. All right. Dare we get into our favorite segment real quick before we get the goods going? Yeah, let's do it. Drunk, 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 Hammer, drunk, 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 trade of the week. This week's drunk trade comes from Parsley Loud on Reddit. I don't know. The Reddit names just always blow my mind. I never know what they mean. I can't even fathom what this one means. Uh, But the drunk trade is this. I traded Debo for Hollywood Brown after my friend told me (laughs) Hollywood went to the same high school as me. I was drunk and thought it was so cool. It didn't work out. So I don't want to address this in a couple of parter here. So first of all, it didn't work out. I think it's subjective at this very moment. So I don't know about that. But before we even dive into what the actual trade analysis is here, and I want you all to give your opinions on this, on which side and how much and how bad. But have you ever made a trade because of something like this? Like, oh, man, I know something about this player that I just desperately want him on my team. Robbie, you're saying no, not at all. You don't. All right. You don't. Fantasy football is war, okay? It's a strategy game. You don't go, you don't involve emotion. Like, that, that, that's just, I, I have done the, oh, I have done the, well, I interviewed this guy and I know this, this, this. I've seen this guy work out, you know, <laughs> I've done that, you know, but like. Says the king of catching feelings. <laughs> you know what? <laughs> Look, I'm gonna be honest with this trade, with this trade, with the last name like loud, I don't think he was drunk. I think he might have been a little stone dude, you know, I'm just saying. Fair. It sounds sentimental. <laughs> so does anybody have a strong feeling one way or the other about this? I know he said, or they said, it didn't work out. But so does anybody agree with that? Or is anybody like thinking that it's at least even here? Bo, what do you think about this one? I think it's too early to tell. Hollywood's uh, got a new a new landing spot. Debo's got an injury history longer than a CVS receipt. So, I mean, it's going to be it's gonna be hard to tell what, what the 49ers offense looks like with Trey Lance versus Jimmy Garoppolo without Mike McDaniel telling Kyle Shanahan what to do. 
uh, it's going to be a big difference. And I think Hollywood's got a lot of a lot of chemistry already built from Kyler Murray. So I think it's too early to tell whether it didn't work out or not, or or whether it did. Yeah. Oh, I, and I, I wanted yeah. to I wanted to add that I I cut out there because uh, apparently my my iPhone just signed a contract with the Dallas Cowboys and uh, did not meet expectations already. <laughs> <laughs> You know, at least at least you at least your, your your comedy surrounding your own team is right within exactly what it needs to be, just realistic. <laughs> at least you know, Bo. At least you know. Yes. Uh, I see right he knows his team's superior to the Eagles. Yes. Um. No, anyway, <laughs> what are you doing? You have one trophy. What are you doing? Now my phone literally went into a temperature temperature uh, warning stage. It shut off completely because it was so hot in the shade I was sitting in. <laughs> Too hot to handle. You must have been close to Mike McCarthy there in that parking lot. Rocky, yeah. you uh, have some strong feelings on this trade? No, I was just going to say, uh, yeah, I don't think this is as bad as uh, Mr. Mr. Parsley Loud here thinks it is. Uh, yeah, I, I like Hollywood a lot this coming season. Like like Bo said, the, uh, Kyler's his former quarterback, uh, D-Hop out for the first six games. I think uh, Hollywood's going to take off. He's been a little, uh, he was a little underrated, I think, in Baltimore. And, and Debo, yeah, there's a lot of questions around Debo. He's got injury history. There's technically questions whether he'll be there or not. I think he will be. But even if he is, we don't know what a Lance offense is going to look like either. So uh, this could easily in a year look like Hollywood is the better side. Yeah, Robbie, you think the same? Any differing opinions there? I am going to take the sentimental approach. <laughs> Seeing these two gentlemen and, 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 and uh, see their jerseys together for the very first time and, you know, and, and stand next to each other, uh, me and my homie, my homie and I, Ty Boogie, we took the picture. I want... For this to hopefully work out for him. But let's just be realistic. Debo is going to take off, okay? Even with even in a Trey Lance offense, now it makes it makes those jet sweeps even more deadly because it's like he doesn't want to run right? jet sweeps. He he may <laughs> not want to, but guess what? You win no, the he NFL buddy. Because he's at least a wide receiver in the formation. He That's doesn't want to take he's no not the power. Running back yeah. He doesn't want power That's right true. and counter left. <laughs> exactly. You know, but hey, you win the NFL, buddy. They're gonna pay you that money. They get they get that deal done. You know, for, for a couple million dollars, you're gonna do whatever they say. You know, so all in all in all, no matter how Devo feels about how they utilize him in the offense, I think that he'll still be utilized much of the same way. And I think that Debo still has to be the better value, even though it is a Trey Lance offense. We may not know what that is going to look like, a Trey Lance-led offense. Even though we don't know what that's going to look like, we know that Debo, when healthy, is a game-changer for you and a game-changer in fantasy football. Hollywood has yet to really be that for anyone. I dig it. I dig it. Dustin, take us home here. Any uh, parting thoughts on this trade? Yeah, I think if you're just going to look at it, you know, isolated after last season. Yeah, it, it was a bad trade because Debo obviously did Debo things. But I do think that um, Hollywood will have a bit better season. I think Debo will regress a little bit from what he did last year. So it's not going to turn out to be quite as bad as as initially thought. Yeah, we've seen so much worse come through here. We say that all the time, but this is far from the worst trade we've had in this segment. So I don't know. It didn't work out. Maybe, maybe not. To be determined, Parsley Loud. Yes. All right. Should we get into this? Are we all ready for the main event here? I know I am. These two probably aren't. <laughs> all right. So we're not going to follow this the show sheet d- directly here because um, that's what we what do. What show show? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Uh, so we're going to start with the Cowboys here. Um, and for those of you, our guests here that haven't uh, tuned into the show or our guests out there listening, uh, we're going to give notable losses and notable additions. Uh, they may not be the most sexy of names, but um, 
I have to say them all. But they are names. They are actual names. They are real people. Yeah, that's right. People. So, Cowboys, notable losses this this offseason. Amari Cooper, Cedric Wilson, Malik Turner, and possibly Jake Blake Jarwin, uh, who has not signed yet. Uh, Notable additions, James Washington and Ryan Nall. And in the draft, took Jalen Tolbert in the third and Jake Ferguson in the fourth. So, Bo, why don't you tell us what's your thoughts here on your Cowboys uh, moves they've made this offseason and kind of just a brief overview of what you think uh, things are going to look like this coming year. I think they'll be fine. I, I, I'm not. I'm not. I don't have Super Bowl aspirations for this team because uh, when we when we really break it down, this is a team that is limited by its coaching staff. The depth chart, the roster, is actually pretty well put together. Uh, I I think Jerry Jones and Stephen Jones have done a decent job. The problem is Mike McCarthy is a buffoon. He doesn't do anything. We actually don't still don't know what his job entails. We have no idea what he does as a head coach of the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, Kellen Moore has been as vanilla of an offensive coordinator as ever has been. I, I think I've seen him innovate one play and it didn't even work. And that was that uh, hook and ladder looking beauty that they did in the playoff game against the 49ers. That if Cedric Wilson, rest in peace on the Dolphins, if Cedric Wilson actually pitches it to Tony Pollard on time and not three yards behind him, that's probably a touchdown to make that game interesting. And that was the only play I've ever seen Kellen Moore create that actually looked like something. Because the rest of it's just, oh, we got we got Zeke out here making a gazillion dollars and running and getting four yards in a cloud of dust. And we have Tony Pollard looking spectacular, but we can't give him too much run because he doesn't make as much money as Zeke. So, yeah, I think the coaching staff is atrocious. I think that the depth chart is good enough to win a championship if they had anybody else as a coach. Your uncle could be the head coach of the Dallas Cowboys and win more games than Mike McCarthy and Kellen Moore. Um, so yeah, I just, I think that they're going to get to the playoffs probably as a wild card. They might even sneak in over the birds because the birds are going to choke hard this year, but it's going to be, uh, it's going to be another one or two and out in the playoffs because the NFC is loaded, man. This, this NFC is going to be a gauntlet again this year. And I don't think the Cowboys have the chops, uh, with wearing the headsets. That's, that's just the way I see it is a great team on paper, like every other year. And then they're like, oh, wow, Mike McCarthy didn't know how much time was on the clock again. It's a, it's a tale as old as time. And I know Jake knows this from experience. Bo is ripping yeah. his own team far too much. It's making this much less fun. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> he's trying to get uh, in and undercut right, but... you guys so you can't say I'll be back right. later. Yeah. I'll be back that, later. I have to do something real quick, but I'll be back later to trash both of your all teams. So. <laughs> hey, <laughs> but, hey, it's that moment in 8 Mile when Eminem was like, I'll go first. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but we we acutely are aware of that Mike McCarthy pain, and uh, glad that we don't have to experience it personally anymore. Uh, but um, what I wanted to get into here first is the hotly debated Zeke versus Tony Pollard uh, debate we've got going on here this off season. You know, Zeke's on his second contract; he's over the hill, he's losing a step. Pollard, he's looked great. You know, when he's he's had his chances, he should be the guy. Uh, currently, right now, and I'm looking on FantasyData.com, we've got Zeke is currently going uh, 25th overall, and Tony Pollard is uh, being drafted uh, 76th overall. Um, who who do you want to take and why? I like both of them, and not even Pollard's not even a handcuff anymore. Uh, this is the strength of the team. And we, and the reason why I'm so low on Kellen Moore as a coach is because he had both of these backs healthy early in the season. We saw 21 personnel in week two against the Chargers and they lit them up. They went completely berserk on the Chargers 
completely lit them up with both running backs who are both studs. If we're being honest, Zeke is a stud when he's healthy. He's a well-rounded back. He doesn't have any weaknesses in his game. He's not as explosive as he used to be. That's pretty much to be expected, but the guy's a walking touchdown. He can catch. He can block. He does all the things you want him to do. And then Tony Pollard is just electric. Tony Pollard is one of the best tackle breakers. He's one of the most explosive running backs in the NFL, and they're both good. Why not put them both on the field and make a defense, make some choices, make some business decisions? It doesn't make any sense to what they did, where they basically just said, oh, yeah, that was fine. Let's never do that ever again. So I like both these backs. I would don't mind rostering both of them, flexing Tony Pollard, having Zeke as my RB2. There's nothing wrong with that because they're both going to get work. Nice. Rocky, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, I think I'm more of a Zeke guy just because of what kind of what boasted about the coaching staff, how they're they're vanilla and all that. They basically got it in their head. They're going to run Zeke into the ground. So for fantasy, that's beautiful. He... Everyone likes to crap on Zeke, but he, he's been an RB1 literally like every season. Last year, he was an RB1, and people people don't like Zeke, the RB1. So, uh, I mean, Pollard's nice, but I just – I can't get that as into him as Bo for fantasy. He'll have his games here and there where he pops up. Maybe in best ball, you know, I'll, I'll take Tony Pollard. But in a league where i got to set lineups, I just don't think you're ever going to be able to trust Pollard unless Zeke is out. And at least to this point, Zeke never misses games. I think he's missed like one or two games besides suspension his entire career. So, yeah, I'm more of a Zeke guy. I think Zeke is still the guy. And I don't know if Pollard's ever really going to be a thing because by the time Zeke's done and Pollard's out, maybe Pollard's somewhere else or he's still with the Cowboys, then he's going to be old and nobody's going to want him. (laughs) Yep, I'm I'm right there with you, Rocky. Agree 100%. Robbie, what are your thoughts? Uh, I definitely definitely agree agree with with the takes on on the running backs. I mean, hell, you're getting, you're getting, you're going to get Pollard at, at, a, at a value. Um, and you're in that position where you're needing, you know, an RB2 and RB3. Perfect guy, perfect guy to sit back, you know, and wait, uh, you know, to, to, to be able to be able to obtain. Now, in, in, in terms, in terms of Dallas as, as a whole, going back to, to just, just everything that Bo was saying, I don't think that they did enough this offseason to maybe walk out of the NFC East with, 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 with the number one spot. I think that Dallas, it's still predictable. It's, it's you're, you're still very much able to tell tell what they're doing. You mentioned the coaching staff. I don't I don't, I don't see them like sitting back like oh like we're gonna make you know a bunch of sexy moves you know in, our, in terms of our X's and O's and really do a whole lot a whole lot different. So from a fantasy standpoint, you're going to need these running backs because that's going to be be the the pieces of this team that you're going to need. I feel like it's also way too soon to be giving CD Lamb's uh, wide receiver more responsibilities, even more reason. You know, kind of seem similar to how we saw with Juju and AB left left Pittsburgh. I think we see that in Dallas. Um, even more reason that you need to be relying on this running game in terms of a fantasy standpoint because the coaches are going to see that it's not working through the air, so they're just going to try and beat teams by pounding the rock. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if they were smart, that's what would they would do. But I don't think Mike McCarthy is very smart, so um, I don't think that's going to happen. But Robbie, yeah, you mentioned um, CD there. Um, He's obviously the the number one wide receiver going off for this team at at ADP of 18. Um, Kind of the undisputed one on the team. Um, Do you... Are you interested in any of those other wide receivers? I know Tolbert's been getting a lot of hype here in the in the mini camps. Uh, Michael Gallup, he's flashed at times, but injured. What do you think? I mean, is there anyone outside of CD that that you're really interested in this offense? No, it's it's, it's pretty much CD or bus. If, if you're if you're going in with intent to like like yo, I want to get a Dallas receiver. C it's, it's pretty much CD or bus. You already mentioned Gallup with the injuries. Tolbert being a rookie, if you're in redraft formats. You don't know what that's going to be looking like, so you're probably not even looking at, at any rookies until later in, in the draft. Anyways, in a redraft format, uh, 
Tolbert is definitely addressing in, in, in dynasty because somebody has to, has to fulfill that, that, that Cooper role. And if Gallup is going to constantly be getting injured, well, you need a route runner that's going to be able to get CD Lamb open to do what he does best. That's going to get deep and catch it at the high point. Um, but in terms of redraft, I don't think I'm going after anyone in Dallas, a CD or bus. Dynasty is obviously Tolbert. Yeah. I, I do think maybe Gallup could take off in the second half of the year. He's he probably going to start the season. Bo might know this better than me. I think he's probably going to start the season on the pub. Uh, and even if he doesn't, he's going to start off slow. So even at cost, I would also prefer a CD, even with his very high cost. I, I think I disagree with Robbie a little bit. Maybe I think CD is going to take off this year. I think we're finally going to see the CD land we've all been expecting for his first two years. So I, I don't mind that, which I think you said was 18 uh, overall mm-hmm. ADP. I don't mind that. Who's cost getting him open? Who's getting him open he gets who's running, who's running it's what i'm saying yeah what do you mean <laughs> yeah you, so he's he, he's going oh, you mean so the, you're telling me uh, you're the, telling me McCarthy you're, you're, and, telling, uh, me, you're, you're <laughs> telling me that mccarthy and Kellamore are going to game plan to get him open every single time he doesn't need anything so cd land what so see so cd land's gonna what, have like 111 targets this year yeah 150 150 targets 115 catches we're talking about a breakout in the making here because Amari's gone he's not going to be silently miming his displeasure with not getting enough targets CD has success because Amari was able to get CD open no no no, no. it's CD Amari's ability to, to be one of the best CD one of the best the- most elite hey. route runners in the league is no, what allows CD to get big games over the top. That's not happening now. One of the most overrated route runners in the history. That is of the not league. happening now. That is not happening now. So what? All Amari did was get open on the short term. You regress in terms of moving the ball through the air. Your running game is uh, only is going to be your saving grace. I disagree. I think you, CD's. You'll be one dimensional as hell. Watch. Yeah. I promise. I promise. Okay. I promise. I will when say, if you look at Steve Lamb's reception perception for Matt Harmon, he's getting open on a lot. He's winning a lot of routes. He's winning a ton of routes. Yes. And uh, by the way, you got to when he when he also had time. help and someone had to occupy coverage. Now he's going to be getting he's going to be getting all the coverage. Yeah, Gallup didn't get Gallup uh, didn't get a surgery done until February, so he's probably back in October, uh, maybe even early November because he waited to get that surgery. Um, but when he's back, that's that's an extremely valuable piece to have in your fantasy playoffs for redraft. I'm with Rocky there. Okay, but nobody's talking about Ty Fry Fogel as the uh, <laughs> obvious number two here, and I'm just curious why. That's all. <laughs> Let's not actually talk about it. I just really can't believe that was a, a guy on the depth chart. I was gonna say, is that a made? It sounds like a made-up name. That's why I was it's silent us. there. Nope, nope. It's uh, it's no. been proven here. Mister Scampers in the chat, undrafted rookie out of Indiana. So there oh, you go. Fair enough. <laughs> but I do want to do a real quick around the horn, if we, if you don't mind, Dustin, of just, yeah. I mean, obviously the wide receivers and the running backs, great, and and I agree with most of of what's been said here so far. But Dak Prescott, the guy leading all of this thing, he's currently, according to Fantasy Pros, QB seven and ADP. I'm just curious, very quickly here, is that too low, too high, or just right? Rocky, what do you think? When I, I mean, I don't have a list of the quarterbacks in front of me. When I hear that, it seems a little high to me. I mean, you got Mahomes, Allen Herbert right off the bat. Kyler with his running, I'd put ahead of him. Same with Lamar. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if Hertz finishes ahead of him for fantasy. Uh, Burrow. Uh, so what's that? How many did I already say? Seven or eight already? So uh, it's definitely, I think, a little high. I, I would see him maybe a few spots lower, probably in a QB 10-ish range. I think he's almost guaranteed to be QB 1, but I don't know that he has the upside as some of those other guys. Sure. And and maybe with him coming back from the injury, he runs a little bit more than he did True. this last season when he got injured. Robbie, do you think that factors in? QB 7, though, too high, too low, just right? QB 7, too high. You don't you don't need Dak Prescott to, to win a fantasy championship. 
There's yeah, other more pieces. of the punt, punt to the yeah. end of the draft kind of guy then. Yeah, there's other quarterbacks that you can go and get that'll that'll put up great numbers and you'll you'll walk away with a ring. It's all at the end of the year, at the end of the season, it's about you walking away with a trophy. Dak is not going to be on the head of your trophy. Bo, I don't know if you're there. Bo, I can't see you, but I hope that you're there. If not, I'm going to talk for you, and that's going to be embarrassing for you. So um, we'll see. I'm going to say that Bo, because he hasn't responded, man, I don't know. I think that's actually way too low. I would put him somewhere around QE one and a half. <laughs> man, good point, exactly Bo, like honestly. Bo. <laughs> yeah, that's, and I really can't fight that logic either. Justin, do you think that's too high, too low, or just right? Yeah, I think that's a little too high. I agree with Rocky and, and Robbie here. That's um, He'll probably finish low-end QB1 this year, but uh, there's too many other good quarterbacks ahead of him, and I just don't trust McCarthy in this offense to, to put up the numbers we expect. Yeah, uh, I think it's fair. Bo, we already heard from you on this, so we don't need to get your I got opinion, burned by Dak last to. year, so I got some bones to pick. <laughs> so too high maybe then for you then is QB7 for Dak. Yeah, right? I put him at like 10 to 12. So pretty much consensus. Mm-hmm. That's, that's good to hear. Yep. All right. I think that's enough Cowboys talk for now. Let's uh, thank God. (laughs) (laughs) Let's move over to the commanders. Uh, Notable losses this season. DeAndre Carter, Ricky Seals Jones and possibly Adam Humphreys hasn't resigned. Notable additions. uh, Carson Wentz and in the draft took Jahan Dotson in the first Brian Robinson in the third Sam Howell in the fifth and Cole Turner in the fifth. Robbie, what are your thoughts on on your team here and, and expectations for this upcoming season? Um, first, fire Dan Schneider at all costs. Whatever it takes. New ownership. Let's get it. Big Bank Bezos. Come on, buy us. All right. You already you, you own already half the world. Just do it. All right. Just just do it. Jay Z, come on, help us. You're a billionaire as well. Um, now now that I got my ownership frustrations out, um, and nominated a couple of uh purchasees. Uh, well, they're big fans of the show, so I'm sure they'll hear that. Right. Right. You know. Um, uh, Ho Sarat. Um, I'm really happy about what we did. What we what we did in our draft. Um. I actually like the Brian Robinson pick. Like at first, I was like, "No, like there goes Sheriff Patterson." Uh, but then I let it sink in a little bit, um, and I kind of like having having a running back by committee where it features Gibson, it features Robinson. You get Patterson in there in, in there a little bit. I I, I like pounding the rock, and I also like you know having a lot more a, a lot a lot of younger guys uh, in that running back room. I feel like that's a position that you really really need to be um, that you really need to have a lot of youth and depth at. Uh, just because of what it, what it tastes, you know, the toll it takes on your body playing at that position. Um, Jahan Dotson. Jahan Dotson is going to be a great compliment to, to McMoran. We are going to get the deal done. Usually with these receivers, we see these, these deals kind of the, the hot month is usually like middle of July is when, is when we see that see, see, uh, uh, see deals like, uh, for, for guys like McMoran get done. He's been a team player. He's been a great, a, gr- a great addition to the organization since, since, uh, 2019. One of my favorite guys to, 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 uh, that, that I interviewed, Jahan Dotson as a wide receiver to Terry McMorrin is going to be dangerous and he's already showing out in camp. Um, and also that helps, that helps Terry have, have a more, uh, have, have more longevity in his career because now someone's able to take some of those targets, some of the, some of the pressure stuff that, that, that he's in with having to form as a one while also simultaneously having every quarterback underneath the sun having to throw to him. Um, uh, the addition of of Carson Wentz, and I could also toss in this as a Sam Howell take. First off, can't stand UNC quarterbacks, but we'll see how it works. Uh, you get to learn from a veteran like Carson Wentz. I get Wentz didn't have enough to get it done for Indy last year, but if they pull it off against Jacksonville, Indy would have ended up in the playoffs. How far they would have went, I don't know. Carson, before getting injured, 
put in work for 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 Rockies Eagles had did most of most of the hard work and Bowles was kind of like it's like oh well now I just got to finish off the class project. Um, Trust me, you'll be regretting Carson Wentz. I'm gonna be regretting Carson <laughs> Wentz, but here's what oh I'm I'm not I'm not I'm not saying you know I'm, I'm like in love with it. Um, but it's a great bridge for now. I don't think that that Howell's gonna be the guy to take over for us by any means because again I don't think UNC quarterbacks. Um, but I think I think that he's a good enough bridge and mediocre enough. To where that team over there and that box over there, because they haven't done enough, and our coaching is actually really good. Our, our coaching is willing to try new things and be experimental, willing to gamble. I think that you're looking at Rocky's team above being one in the East. My team edging it out at two, and then sorry, Bo, but y'all got some work to do because I feel like y'all just regressed. You know, whether that's firing coaches or whether that's <laughs> drafting more 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 receivers, it is what it is. <laughs> And then, yeah, so that's my take. That's my take surrounding everything we've done. Oh, yeah, and Chase Young, and Chase Young returning, you know, so. That's the only one I've heard that actually makes sense. Bo just unmuted himself to cackle, by the way, very briefly, just <laughs> as his response to all that. Hey, let 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 let, let him laugh. His team is going to be the fucking laughing stock when we're through. Is Curtis Samuel dead? Yes. Well, actually, we don't know. We don't know. <laughs> no, that's gonna be Jahan. Uh, that's gonna be Jahan Dotson. Just you watch. Yeah, maybe in that boy's showing out in camp. That boy's gonna show. <laughs> that boy's been showing out. Just you wait. Just you wait. You need. You okay, need to wait. worry about. You need to worry about your regressing offense in your Super Bowl window. Well, you never had a window, but just close. Dotson outscores, uh, or I bet you uh, Tolbert outscores Dotson this year. Yeah, because he's gonna Ooh. have to be force fed. You ain't got nobody else. Beer bet. I hear a beer bet, by the way. Tolbert. Well, no, Robbie, you're agreeing with that. Tolbert's going to outscore Dotson. Yeah, I, I I agree with that due to the fact that, that we actually have, like, McMorrin. Like, we, we have pieces that Samuel's we can work gonna with. Samuel's going to outscore Dotson, and McLaurin's going to outscore Dotson, and Kiss is going to outscore Dotson. I won't say that. I won't say that. As we're talking about McLaurin, I do want to get this in there real quick. Any concern at all, Robbie, that he actually does hold out that a contract issue stems and keeps him off the field either in training camp or real season? No, I think I think that not just and that and this take is kind of blanketed for for a lot of these guys that are waiting on their contracts. So McMorrin, Debo, et cetera, et cetera. I think they all get them in July, and I think they're everyone that we're worried about. Like, where are they gonna go? Like, is something gonna happen? That whole fire drill is is, is dead in July. And, and even if they don't, the CBA has changed too much. Where they they get lose way too much money for sitting out even preseason games. I believe. Yeah, but mm-hmm. whatever regular season games. Yeah, I mean, and, and McMorrin is. Very, very, very disciplined guy. Very, very sound guy. He's he's going to get his money. Like if there if there's one thing that they're going to do, whether Schneider's out the door or not, they're going to make sure that kid that that kid gets paid, and then they're going to boost the the door with a Spartan kick. <laughs> All right. So I know uh, Robbie, you uh, alluded to it a little bit um, with with your. I can't say love of Carson Wentz, but which version do you think we'll see? Do you think we're going to see the Philadelphia Carson Wentz or? The good version of that, or or the bad version, or somewhere in between. And do you think the rookie is going to see the field at all this season? I don't think that Hal sees the field at all this season, but I do think that we see we, we, we see mediocre wins. We, we we see mediocre wins. I don't think it'll be bad. I don't think it'll be good. I don't think it's going to be anything like oh my gosh, like I should have drafted Carson Wentz in fantasy. You know, I, I think that that he's he's even killed. I think I, that he, I, that he, 
but, I was just okay. gonna say I agree. I kind of agree. I think you're gonna see what you're gonna see Indianapolis once basically yeah. again. Uh, he's got you know he's got one strong guy McLaurin like he had Pittman last year. Uh, they should not doesn't have Jonathan Taylor, but they should have a decent enough running game with Robinson and Gibson. And I think he's actually going to be decent for fantasy. And even last year, I don't know how many people realize he was like a high end QB two, depending on your scoring. And you couldn't have even mm. snuck into like QB 12. Uh, he, he actually did not perform that badly last year. He started off horrible and he ended with that Jacksonville game that was atrocious. But in between, he was actually pretty good for yeah. from a fantasy standpoint. But I just think in real life, he's like in the NFL, he's from everything you hear in Philadelphia, from what I've heard from Indianapolis, he's just a jackass. So yeah. Yeah. It's going to cause problems with the team from a real life standpoint. And, and, and as for Hal, I don't think he ever starts either. I don't think he starts a game in the league. Bro, if I, so, if I, if I was an NFL receiver, like, if I was an NFL receiver, I would not want Carson Wentz. Yeah, if I was an NFL receiver, I would not want Carson Wentz as my quarterback. But like I said, he's going to be mediocre. Even <laughs> kill the best quarterback Terry McLaurin's ever had. That I won't debate. <laughs> that is true, which is kind of sad. It's really Very sad, sad, but it's also good for Terry because Terry's fucking awesome. Mm-hmm. This is true. Bo, are you in on uh, Carson Wentz this year or are you out? I'm, I'm, I'm kind of in between. I, I wouldn't mind having him in fantasy like what Rocky said. But um, for me, it's just like he is a jackass. He's, he's not fun to watch. He's boring. He's going to be on a basement dwelling piece of shit team. Uh, I, I just think that the Washington Commanders are going to get four wins this year. Uh, Hell no, you are bugging. And I think if if Howell plays at all this year, it's because Wentz got hurt. Um, and I, I think he can beat out he can beat out a uh, Heineke for that number two spot. But I mean, expecting anything out of him year one is just foolish because I mean we saw we saw how far he fell because he only eats chicken nuggets and chicken nuggets. So. Uh, it's uh, it's it's really hard because that team, other than the Dotson pick, I really do like for the future. But for this year, I think they have so much work to do because Robin Brian Robinson's just lucky that he didn't have another absolute blue chip stud at Bama last year, or he would have been an unknown, non-existent commodity that nobody wanted last year. Uh, there's no way Brian Robinson gets drafted by anybody if he wasn't in just kind of that niche little, oh, I've been here so long that they finally ran out of guys to start over. And so uh, think Master Teague with Ohio State. Robinson could have been Master Teague, but he just got lucky. Uh, he's not good. He can't catch. He can't break tackles. He's not fast or quick. So I don't know what the what the commanders were thinking there. Gibson's the star here, and I think Gibson's still going to be a top ten back in PPR because they're going to find out that Robinson and McKissick are basically dust next to each other, and, and Gibson's actually really good. That's a great segue, Bo, into talking about Antonio Gibson, by the way, because I do want to talk about him. Uh, do we think that he can? You said top ten. Anybody else agree that Gibson can be top ten? I think that top 10 is bold just because of Rivera trying to recreate that whole Carolina backfield that he once had um, with the, what was it? Uh, uh, Jonathan Suter, uh, Stewart and, um, D'Angelo and D'Angelo Williams. Williams. Uh, is that his great white Buffalo? I'm just wondering. <laughs> I could barely even hear you because of the wind, but yeah, sure. Whatever oh, you just said. That's, a, that's his great white buffalo that he's trying to recreate a backfield from a decade ago, and he still hasn't been able to recreate it. 
he's never had the pieces to. But furthermore, um, I think that I think that 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 you know the running back by committee situation does hurt Gibbs Gibson a little bit. I'll still say top twenty, uh, running back. Um, I think you, you when you're in the draft room, you need to kind of gauge how how your league mates are are approaching the, the situation of, of the Washington room. I can see scenarios where people are are, are subscribing to Bo's theory. They're like, you know what? I'm still rolling out, and I'm still taking taking the the, the the decision on Gibson. You know, I'm still taking the risk on Gibson. I feel like that's the best that that's the best uh opportunity for you to then be like, okay, cool. Like someone took took Gibson early. Let me see what I can clean up on. If you are in a situation where people are thinking like myself, th- that's that's opportunistic because Gibson can fall to you. Uh, so it's really just about about who you're drafting around. Um, me personally, I would prefer you know for for him to fall to me. I don't think I, I would take the reach. Yeah, I think I'm more with Robbie on this one than Bo. I love Antonio Gibson as a talent. I agree. He's clearly the most talented back there. I don't get why they don't want to use him as a pass catcher, as he's a guy that came out we thought might be a receiver, uh, but they don't. So, I mean, they've kind of told us. I mean, they drafted Brian Robinson on day two. They they stole J.D. McKissick back from Buffalo to make sure they had him. So it's there's just too much going on there, right? I don't think he's going to get the volume, even if he is the better guy. I think they're going to – McKissick's obviously going to be on the passing downs, and I think they're going to want to get Brian Robinson involved. I, I don't put a lot of stock in the coach speak, so I don't know if he's, it's going to be a Jonathan Stewart, D'Angelo Williams situation. But I do think Robinson's going to be involved enough, along with McKissick, that it's going to be kind of a three-headed monster that I don't want to – I don't want to really touch. I mean, I, like, like Robbie said, if he falls to me uh, – I think he could finish mid RB two ish is where I'd have him, but I, I don't think I think his ceiling's cat. And, and and also with that, I mean Rivera making that statement about the running back by committee fairly early. If we're sitting at a poker table, like you're showing your hand, you know, very very soon, you know. So is Brian Robertson really really going to be that person? We know that it's going to be a running back committee because, like you said, you brought up JD McKissick. We saw how how much of a beast Patterson, uh, Patterson was last year. Is Robinson going to be Keith Marshall two point that to be seen. So uh, I, I would say approach with caution. You're definitely rolling the dice. Um, if you could get, if you could get Gibson as a faller, best, best opportunity for you. All right. So basically um, for, for my home league here, I'm going to hope that Gibson's ADP stays high. So one of my league mates drafts him super early and I don't have to worry about um, working out that equation in my head. Exactly. All right. <laughs> All right, let's move on to the Eagles and Rocky here. So notable losses, none to speak of. Uh, additions to the team, A.J. Brown and Zach Pascal, And in the draft, the only fantasy-relevant player was Grant Calcaterra. So, not fantasy notable. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, Rocky, how do you feel about your Eagles and, and some of the moves they've made this offseason? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm loving my Eagles right now. And I'm not one to generally just be a total homer. If we were doing this podcast last year, I'd be shitting on my team as much as uh, Bo was shitting on his there. But... Uh, They've been all hail Howie Roseman. He's been killing it for like a year and a half now. He, he somehow stole a first round pick for Carson Wentz, maneuvered his way into Devontae Smith in that draft after trading down and trading back up. And then in this draft, he realizes other than Smith, they can't really develop a receiver. So they just trade for one who's really awesome and, and young. So uh, I'm loving what the Eagles are doing. They have the they have probably the best offensive line in the league. Uh, they kind of, I think, killed this draft overall. They got a, you know, this isn't fantasy relevant, but they got a, a first round linebacker in the third round and N'Kobe Dean. Love that pick. And I, I, everything, they're pretty much, I think, really set up except for safety, which again, doesn't matter for fantasy. What Dallas should have done, you guys did. Yes. 
And 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 other than uh, the only real big question mark is the quarterback. And we're, we're going to see how that plays out. Jalen Hurts is obviously great for fantasy. He did improve year over year as a passer from his rookie year to his, to his second year. This is really his second full season. I think he can make another jump. I also think you're going to see the volume go up. A lot of people, have, like if you're listening to fantasy podcasts, love to point out they were last in the league in, in pass attempts last year. And uh, I don't think that continues. A stat I, I like to keep pointing out on, on my podcast is first seven games last year, Hurts threw 35 plus times in five of them. I think that's the offense Sirianni wants to run. They saw they weren't winning and they switched it up. But I think that's why you bring A.J. Brown in. I think they're going to do it again, maybe not 35 plus that many times, but certainly a significant increase from last year. I think they were like 494 last year. I would probably expect probably another 100 attempts this year. So that, that maybe puts them, I'm not sure exactly where, middle of the pack maybe, but it's still better than last year, which I think will help the pass catchers. And I also like Miles Sanders too. I think his only problem is he keeps getting hurt and he had horrible TD luck last year. He scored like five or six touchdowns, which is what you would expect someone with his stats to do. He wouldn't be viewed nearly as negatively as he is now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so Rocky, I know you brought up um, Jalen Hurts. Do you really do you think he's going to be the long term solution for your team, or is he just kind of a short term um, asset that you can use to win now? Because, like you said, he is amazing for fantasy. Yeah, I the real answer is nobody knows. I don't know. I don't think the Eagles know. Uh, I think they they set him up so that they can decide this year. That's why we have AJ Brown, Devontae Smith. Uh, Dallas Goddard, uh, like I said, the line is set up. They have no excuse. He Well, he has no excuses if he doesn't see it. And I think they want a guy who can piss the ball. They don't want to run a Lamar Jackson type offense like they did last year. Uh, that's been made pretty clear. They, they you know, sniffed around uh, Deshaun Watson. They were involved in Russell Wilson. They, they want a guy who can pass you to a Super Bowl. And they've also set themselves up again. Way to go, Howie. They got two first-round picks in the 23 draft from all the moves they've made these last couple of years. So they have the ammo to possibly – and maybe maybe even throw Hurts in there because I do think he will start beyond this year. I'm just not sure it will be for the Eagles. I think he's shown enough, and as long as he plays just as good as he did last year, I think he's shown enough that given the crappy state of quarterbacking around the league, someone will take a chance on him if the Eagles decide to move on. But I think they need to see something this year. I think he needs to win at least one playoff game uh, – for them to to stick with them. And I, I think there's a decent chance they will. Uh, I'm with Robbie. I think the Eagles do win the division, so there will be playoff games. We'll see how many. Like I said, if he wins one and he plays well doing it and plays well throughout the season, as a passer, I think he stays. Otherwise, I think he's in the league, but probably not an Eagle. Mm-hmm. Bo, what do you think? Hurts, Hurts uh, going to be an Eagle for the long term? I, I actually hope so, because I think he's making strides. He's the type of guy that improves every chance he gets. He's a he's a really smart kid. He's he's always even going gotten back better. to his college career. Yeah, he, I mean, even going back to high school, like we're talking about his coach's son. He's the kind of kid that's going to respond well to constructive criticism and feedback. I I really like him, and I I think that he's going to continue to grow as an NFL quarterback. And I think the Eagles, if the Eagles think they're going to find somebody better in the near future, they're really kidding themselves because this is a kind of a dynamic talent that if he can back himself into Lamar Jackson territory as a passer, then he's going to be really lethal. Especially, I mean, already in fantasy, but uh, this this whole this team is well built, and it's it's got a bright future ahead of it. Fantasy wise, uh, the running back position, I I couldn't. 
I couldn't care less about Miles Sanders. I'm, I'm more of a Kenny Gainwell guy because Sanders, I think, is on his way out. Every regime has hated his guts. They won't give him the time of day in clutch situations like goal line work, third down work. They're putting somebody else on the field at every turn. And they're drafting Kenny Gainwell because he fits their offense, the Sirianni Sykin offense, better. And I think Sanders is going to eventually move on to be a decent running back somewhere else. And they're going to go, they're going to run to more of a committee approach without him. I, I just think that for fantasy, this is a good team. I just don't know if the wide receivers can hold up to the passing volume that they might not have. I will say, even if they move on from Sanders, I think they'll just be another Sanders. I don't think Kenny Gainwell is ever going to step up. No, no, not as an every down guy. Not but even an every down guy. I don't even think he's a lead in a committee. I think he's the guy they mix in, scores some some touchdowns, and you're like, ooh, look at Kenny Gainwell. He should get more work, and he never does. And that's what they should. Oh, yeah. That's what they should use Kenny Gainwell with. So that was that. That's my only complaint with the Eagles is how will the backfield and how will, will the running back be committee be split up and be organized? Um, I want Kenny Gainwell. And I feel like it, it it needs to happen to where Kenny Gainwell gets more touches out the backfield because I think that's the one like especially with the addition of of, of you know the, uh, AJ Brown the receiving core. But that's the one thing that if you guys unlocked and untapped last year, you guys could have been significantly better. But now you guys already are going to be better, and I do think there are going to be more pass attempts for your offense. You guys have done everything right, and I feel like you are the most prepared team because of the moves that you guys have made out of our division. This is, obviously, this is me being unbiased because of, of giving you credit. Your GM did right. Bo mentioned, you know, I, I hope that it, that is hurts, that, that that can be a long-term QB for you guys. I don't think that it matters because of the way that your GM is sitting in the war room moving pieces on the chessboard. You're not going to sit there and tell me that they haven't already started eyeing two, three guys in, in this year's upcoming draft class in case Hertz isn't able to get it done with A.J. Brown. You know, it's the same narrative that that, that, that many analysts can paint in a completely different division with, with Miami. You keep me and tell me you can't get it done with Reek. We're already eyeing two, three guys in next year to replace you. So I think that the, the Eagles are kind of in that same boat. The Eagles are being aggressive. They're 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 letting it be known with the way that the, with the way they're moving pieces on the chessboard that they want to chase a division title and maybe even more. I think you guys have the talent to to be able to take you a long way. Yeah, like, and I think right, I, I like that I, a lot. Let me real quick. I'm oh, sorry, Rocky. We got to get Bo out of here real quick. He's got to hop on another pod. I just want to give him, <laughs> and we'll dive right back into this. Bo, real quick, tell folks where they can find you and one parting shot at the New York Giants, if you don't mind. All right, find me on Fantasy Pros, uh, Team Rise or Fall. PGA DFS. I'm hopping on IBT Media for the 19th hole live golf and drinking show. Dilly dilly for Robbie there. Uh, parting shot on the Giants is they have an atrocious roster with a good coaching staff. So they're still a couple of years out. I think Daniel Jones is still valuable for fantasy because he does run the ball more than people think. Saquon's going to go nuclear in 22 and then fall off the face of the earth after that because he is at it nearing that age cliff for dynasty. Um, but get, I give me, give me Saquon for redraft and after that, no thank you. And then uh, the receivers all suck. I don't like any of them. So give me all that. But Bo summed it up. It, we don't have to talk Giants now, right? We're done with it. What a capper, Bo. Thanks for coming on, man. Yeah, Go thanks, enjoy Bo. your other pod. Thank you. Dilly dilly, Bo. All right. Right back to you, Rocky, with your rebuttal here. 
Oh no, I think uh, uh, Robbie was talking about uh, about you know being in position for quarterback next. I was just going to re- reinforce that. Actually, it's just that uh, I I kind of agree. Like like I said, I don't I don't feel strongly one way. I'm not sure what Hurts is going to do, and I think he has to perform. He's got to he's got to up that completion percentage. He got it up to low 60s in year two. It's got to be better. Uh, he's done pretty good with turnovers, so I think he's fine there. And as long, if he's winning games and, and he's doing it at least some of the time with his arm, I think he's there in 23 and beyond. Uh, because they, I mean, they also have to make a decision on paying him too. He's going to mm-hmm. be going into his fourth year. That at that point, you got to decide: Am I extending this guy, uh, or what am I doing? And he's he's not even a first round pick, so there's no fifth year option. I mean, they could franchise him two years, but I don't know if they would do that. So, uh, and and again, they could throw a package of like Hertz and two first round picks, and maybe throw some picks on top of that. If there's another Russell, like if Kyler Murray becomes available next off season, or 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 if they want to try and trade up to like two or three to get to get one of these quarterbacks. So so yeah, he's definitely in the hot seat. And again, I I don't feel super confident confident that uh one way or the other really I, I if i had to lean one way i think he's the quarterback in 23 but that's like 55 45 for me what's your what's your divisional rankings bro i gotta know uh, for the, the four teams yeah for, yeah for just our just our division yeah. yeah i i would have the cowboys second robbie really <laughs> really yeah i, I agree with bro i think the roster's good their coaching just sucks so uh i mean their defense improved a lot last year and uh, the, the offensive pieces are mostly still there beyond Amari and Dax a year removed from the injury. So uh, they, they've got they've got the best quarterback in the division. I, you know, I'll obviously admit that. So that helps a lot. So, yeah, I mean, I, I think Washington can improve. The, I just, Part of it, too, is I just don't like Wentz. That's, where, it, that's from a real Jay- life perspective. Like like I said, from fantasy, I don't hate him. But real life quarterback, I just I think he's a loser. That's where that's where Jake. <laughs> that's where Jake take, takes where I ask you that question. And you say, I have Dallas second. And he just stops right there and is, don't break my heart. <laughs> say you love me again. Giants are obviously last. No. I'm going to be clipping out that first part and that second part and meshing them together. Viral. Uh, yeah. Um, so um, I want to touch on these on the wide receivers real quick here uh, before we move on to the Giants, and I know mm-hmm. we have to. Um, yeah. With AJ Brown coming into town, obviously an elite talent, they traded for him for a reason and gave him that huge contract. How does that affect um, Devonta Smith? And do you see um, AJ Brown just continuing his um, output from what we've seen, you know, with his time in Tennessee? I do think it's going to be similar to what he did in Tennessee. I'm not that worried about AJ Brown. Uh, they weren't exactly a high volume offense either. As I mentioned earlier, I do think the Eagles off, uh, volume from last year uh, increases and uh, Hertz and AJ Brown are apparently like real life besties. So that that doesn't hurt either. So I, I think you're going to see them feel, and they obviously paid him 25 million a year. So I think he's going to be featured in this offense. He's going to get at least as many targets, I think, as he did with uh, with Tennessee. Uh, it does worry me a little for Devontae. I, I think, like I said, I think the volume's going to increase. So I think Brown can be a high end two, low end one. I think Devontae may be more of a low end two at best, just because I, I think Goddard's going to be involved a lot. He's 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 a little different than both of them, and uh, Hurts likes throwing to Goddard, so. I think Smith's going to be kind of boom bust. And I think on the year, he probably finishes in that slightly higher than last year. I think he was a wide receiver three last year. He probably finishes in that 22 to 26 range, somewhere in there, borderline two, three, uh, because AJ Brown and Goddard, I think are going to be probably the, the, the main two targets. Yeah. Like when it comes to Devonte Smith, I mean, you know, uh, if you're, if you're in uh leagues where you do three, three receivers, I have no problems taking Smith as a wide receiver three, and I say that because I think that when when they brought in AJ Brown, 
let's go, let's even go when they drafted Smith. You drafted Smith because his role eventually was going to be a two or a three. You know, so go ahead, you know, get get get, get your fantasy points where you can get him. I think he can be a high end three. Um, a lot of that upside that we've seen over um with a guy like Tyler Boyd over the over, over the course of a couple of years. I think that that's what you can maybe get out of Devontae Smith in this offense. You know, when they bring in, you know, both Brown and Zach Pascal. I think Brown obviously wide receiver one on this offense, and you got Pascal that'll be two because he's already been a three in the league. He's acclimated to game speed a little bit more than Smith. Smith hopefully hit the weight room this season. He'll be the three. Yeah, I think I, I think if Hertz does make a significant leap, like from year two to year three, he he, he could be a two because I I do think. He he he's an extremely talented player. He performed very well as a rookie. I, I, if he didn't have a thousand yards, he was close to it. It, it wasn't a seventeen game season. I think he might have got to a thousand. I know he hit the Eagles rookie uh, receiving record. I can't remember if that was over a thousand or not, but he got that in the last game. So, uh, but he's extremely talented. But I agree with Robbie too. I think he's best meant. But he was meant to be a two. He's best as a two in an offense to a brown to a one like AJ Brown. So. Uh, I think he can be a wide receiver too. I think he may be capped there unless Hertz gets significantly better or if they get somewhat a better passer beyond 23 or 22. Y'all the only team that I'm worried about in the division. We can boot Jalen Rager just off the face of the earth at this point, right? Oh, hell yeah. That's fair. Yes. Yes. (laughs) Push him off a cliff. (laughs) I wouldn't be shocked (laughs) if he doesn't make the team. Oof. What a fall from grace. Yeah. All right, let's uh, wrap this up here, talking a little bit of Giants. And I know we don't have to spend a lot just of time a on bit. them, but just a little bit of time, yeah. So uh, their notable losses this year was Dante Pettis, Evan Ingram, and most likely Kyle Rudolph. Their additions, Tyrod Taylor, Matt Breida, Richie James, Ricky Seals-Jones, and Jordan Aikens. And in the draft, yeah, it, <laughs> it's the names of names. It's, it's amazing. <laughs> and in the draft, Wandale Robinson in the second and Daniel Bellinger in the fourth. So I think Bo touched on this already. Uh, wondering if you guys agree or disagree. Is there any wide receivers worth drafting for fantasy this year on the, for this team? I mean, Tony's intriguing to me, but I would have to get him pretty late. So I, I don't think any of these guys that you can count on. Uh, I, I could see Sterling Shepard actually being halfway decent just because he always is better than people think he is. Like he's worth nothing and he often gets 10 to 15 points uh, a game or, or most games. So, but I have no interest in, in really getting any of these Tony and Dynasty, but for redraft, I don't want any of them. I haven't had a New York Giant on a fantasy football winning team <laughs> since Saquon's last injury. Woo! It's been a bit. So I'm not drafting, and I'm going to keep with that. Um, I'm not going to say that, you know, superstition ain't the way, but in this case, you know, I'm I'm I'm, I'm fading all Giants possible. I will draft more for Jaguar the atmosphere players. you're cultivating Before. for your fantasy team. You know, it's really about the vibe that you're trying to make on your fantasy team at that point. <laughs> Dude, like, I don't, I mean, outside of, Sa- I do agree with, you know, Saquon bouncing back this year and, you know, you know, and, Giving people, you know, that that excitement of like, yeah, he's back again, and like, come next season, we're like, I'm drafting him again, and he's gonna fall off a cliff, like, just like, you know, downhill. I agree with, with, with what Bo said earlier, but outside of that, like, I agree with that on Saquon too. Except for the, I don't know that he necessarily falls off a cliff. Part uh, he'll be 25. He may not be with the Giants, which would be an improvement. Uh, so, but I do think he balls out this year. I think a year removed, uh, from the, the, the injury the year before where he missed almost the whole season, I think that helps a lot. So, 
Uh, and I think they're going to feature him in the passing game a lot because, like you said, they don't really have any great receivers. So uh, I think that's going to equal a lot of fantasy points. It's just a matter of how many touchdowns his offense is going to score. But but is in PPR, he should be pretty good. And I think it can continue beyond twenty two. I'm 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 pretty high on Saquon. Yeah. So how high? I mean, realistically, what do you think his ceiling is for this year? For this year, uh, yeah, I think he could be top five. I think he's going to catch a ton of passes this year. Like I said, it's still a question of touchdowns. And the offense doesn't look great, but they do have Dayball, so who knows? If Daniel Jones will be able to get him the ball accurately. <laughs> he, he can dump it off two yards downfield. That's his best throw that he has. <laughs> and Saquon does the rest. Yeah. Yeah, Cedar Point, Saquon's going to ball out because he'd be catching those little two-yard dump-offs all game long, and it'll be Let's one of those things. Occasionally, Let's... juke some guys out and take him to the house. There you go. Let's talk about this because Daniel Jones. Okay, nobody likes Daniel Jones here. I don't. No, I don't think there's a single no. one of us who's like no. in on Daniel Jones, right? So, is there a world where we see Terod Taylor step in at some point this season and actually like you would be excited about anybody else? Like as a Virginia Tech anybody? fan, I hope so. Yeah. As a Virginia but would Tech you even fan, be excited so. about him as a fantasy asset if he started? No. 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 <laughs> He's well, he's not much he's not that much different than Daniel Jones, is he? I mean, they can both run a little. Neither one's a great passer. What do I mean? What are we talking? We haven't about? seen Terod Taylor trip and fall like Daniel. That's Jones, true, but I don't know if we've seen Taylor run I was just going to say I don't know if we've seen Taylor run for seventy five yards in quite a while either, though. <laughs> yeah, <it's laughs> well, and, and, and we know and we know Tyrod isn't going to play because there's no rookie behind him that can step in when he inevitably gets injured after a game or two. So. Yeah. Just um, keep Tyrod away from, from, from team doctors and, 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 and yes. shots. We're good. Yeah, I don't know that Tyrod plays at all unless unless Jones is hurt. Like, I don't think he's going to be so bad. I, I think why not just roll with Jones? What's, what does Taylor have? Like, what's the point of starting Taylor in a season where they're going to win like four games? It's fair. Yeah, it's fair. Yeah, I hate that we had to end on this team. I really hate we had to end talking like we about. We should the have guys. started with this team. I know. Get him out of the way. we ever made. Justin. <laughs> Well, I, I, I was due for a poor decision like this, let's be honest. <laughs> it's not as poor of a decision as AFC East, though, Dawson. So you have well, that. Well, this, this is true. Sure? I don't know that anything's going to trump that. Though. I need to make a poll out of that. I'm not convinced just yet. <laughs> well, we'll, we'll put it out there, Jake, and, and you'll see the masses. Please don't. Me. If you do, don't, don't attach my name to it. Like, just put it out under the well, podcast. Don't attach my name to it. I don't, I don't uh, need that in my life. So any other parting thoughts here about the Giants or, or the division in general here before we wrap things up? Um, I will say as, as a party take, I won't, it won't be a fantasy take, um, but as like a little uh, betting or gambling tip, 1-800-GAMBLER if you have a problem, um, I will say maybe stay away from features for this team. If you are going to play any features, take Rocky's team to, to, to win the division. And that's just me being completely unbiased. I want you guys as fantasy players and, you know, gamblers and so on and so forth to get the best outcome and, and, and get the best advice. And that's something that I wholeheartedly believe. So if I can help you guys as fan base, you know, win anything on the show or walk away with any information, that futures bet is pretty much a lot. And I'll say what Robbie said made a lot of sense about going with the Eagles. And uh, a little tidbit: I don't know if people who aren't NFC's fans are aware of this, but the, the division winner has not repeated in 17 years since the Eagles did it four years in a row, maybe 18, four years in a row back in the early 2000s. And so the Cowboys are clearly not winning the division this year. The other two teams are not very good. The Eagles are winning the division, and I have to finish with the Cowboys suck. 
<laughs> Fair. That God is a high. good spot to leave it. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, before we sign off here, um, I'd like the two of you to um, you know give yourselves a little shout out where we can find you, what what you're doing, anything you're working on, things like that. So uh, Robbie, let's uh, throw it to you first. Um, yeah, you guys pretty much know me already. Uh, Run Boys Robbie. You guys can find me over on the Run Boys Fantasy Network on YouTube. Make sure you guys not, don't just subscribe to my channel, but also subscribe to the Drinking Fantasy crew. Follow them as well. Uh, I appreciate you guys having me on today. Also, you guys, uh, we are going to be, be dropping some tweets, releasing some ways over on, over on my Twitter account, Run Boys Robbie. I'll be dropping some tweets as the ways you guys can get into an all 22 fantasy football league with your boy Run Boys Robbie um, and the rest of our staff at, over at the Run Boys Fantasy Network. So be on the lookout for that. All 22 is really dope. So, yeah. Nice. All right, Rocky, how about you? Yep. Um, I, I do trade addicts, but I'm not going to get into that too much because I think a lot of people already know that. And Russ has like 60 pods. He doesn't need me to plug his one of his pods. Um, but uh, <laughs> so I'm going to give my little plug for, for mostly for Dynasty Junkies, my other pod. Uh, I do that with uh, Scott Sidlow, Andrew Hall, and Bobby Koch just came on, which has been really cool. Um, got a lot of fun stuff going on over there. We've had a lot of great guests uh, of late. Uh, we're actually doing a listener league, which is almost full. So you can DM one, any one of us if, if you want to get in that. Um, so after you subscribe to, uh, to, to Rum Boys and to Drinking and Talking Fantasy Football, uh, go subscribe to the, uh, the YouTube for the DAP Network, which is what we're on, DAP underscore network. And, uh, and to Dynasty Junkies, uh, we stream live every Thursday at 930. So go check that out. Nice. Absolutely. Jake, any last words here? I'm just thankful to these fellas for coming on the podcast. This was a great one. This division, it just felt interesting out of the gate. And I knew that this lineup would make things even more interesting. And you did not disappoint. Even Bo. I'll even give Bo his flowers, even though he's off the podcast at this point. <laughs> yeah, ducked out early. Pretty good job. Uh, typical, uh, yeah, Cowboys, I mean, typical Cowboys can't finish it at the end. <laughs> Beautiful. <laughs> Beautiful. Clip it. That's the promotion for the pod. Yep. <laughs> Uh, well, well, thank you uh, to the two of you and, and to Bo as well. He's uh, tuning into this after the fact or join us. It was a lot of fun. Uh, it was a good time cutting it up with you guys, hearing your thoughts on the division. Uh, be sure to go out and, and check us out. Uh, we are uh, out on YouTube. We stream live every week. And uh, check us out at Drinking Fantasy. You can check out my co-host Jake at Jake Trowbridge. You can find me at FF Dusty Dog. And until next week, folks, keep drinking and talking fantasy football. Cheers, FFers. Thank you.